Welcome to Mac and Cheese Music Podcast with your hosts, Brian DeHart. This is Brian of Mac and Cheese. Welcome. Today's podcast is going to be done with my good friend, Adam Pucholsky. Adam is becoming a regular part of our podcast, and the reason why is because the guy's got a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. It's evident why I hang out with him, because he's smarter than me. Today's podcast is about how to create a better mix. Hey, Bruno, how do you create a better mix? More cowbell. (laughs) You've been a Blue Oyster Cult fan since you were a kid. More cowbell. Opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got two and they both stink. So moving on here. So it was a really, really hot day when we did this podcast. And because there's no HVAC system in this house, I had a fan on. Houston, we got a problem. I hope it's not too much of a nuisance to your enjoyment. Here we go. So, hey, man, that was a great session. It was, yeah. uh, oh, that was awesome. Good, good recording session. That was fun. So what do you got going on your phone? Um, well, I finished a mix last night, but it was getting late, so basically I had to turn off the monitors and finish it through with the headphones. Okay. But it was just, just a couple of little adjustments. Um, sounded pretty good. I, I called it a final mix. Uh-huh. And I saved it, uploaded it into Dropbox, dumped it onto my phone so I can listen to it on the way here today. Yeah. While driving in the car, had it cranked up pretty good. And I think it sounded pretty good, but like I said, I'm in the car, I got all the road noise, and I heard a couple of things that I'm not sure were things I needed to fix in the mix, or if it was because I wasn't hearing it properly because of the road noise or whatever. So I need to play it on some other speakers. Were the bad notes or? Um, no, just just frequencies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just frequencies that, I don't know, I have to decide if I'm gonna deal with it in the mix or just, you know, fix it in mastering. Right. Um, but since I was only listening to it through headphones, was the last clean listen to it was last night through headphones, I'm not really sure if there's anything that needs to be fixed at all. I think with the road noise thing is really, really cool because you're distracted and then your subconscious starts picking up on things that you normally wouldn't hear when you're concentrating. Yeah, I, exactly. I run into that a whole yeah. lot. Hey, it's Brian from Mac and Cheese. This is Adam from windstudio.com. Yep, and we're windstudiomusic.com. <laughs> somebody, somebody else got the, the real one. Oh, well, the, but. Nonetheless, great website. Check it out sometimes. Good stuff. So anyway, uh, Adam and I got together and did a recording session and so this afternoon. We're working on some of Adam's original material, just tracking live here at uh, the Mac and Cheese Home Recording Studio. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're here to share our passion. Mostly that's what we're doing here. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about today, Adam? Gosh. I don't know. There's so many, so many topics that I've actually had to deal with this week just while while mixing. I haven't done a lot of guitar playing this week, but right. I've spent a lot of time in the software working on mixing. And I don't know. Maybe we just talk about mixing, just how to approach that, a mix. That's, because that's awesome. Let's do it. There is no... I don't think I've approached a mix the same way twice ever. Oh. Really, I've tr- I try to. Right. You know, I keep telling myself, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna develop my own way of of doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been 
developing my own way of doing this for, you know, the last 25 years. I don't think I do. Well, you got that down, right? Yeah. I don't think I ever do it the same way twice. I mean, sort of, you know. Sometimes I'll say, okay, I'm just going to turn up just the, the bass and the drums and get those tied in. I'll bring in the vocals. And that's, that's how I used to do it. I used to do bass and drums, and I'd introduce the vocals until I felt a comfortable groove that way, mm -hmm. you know, without any other instruments. And if I could get the drums and the bass and the vocals to, to gel together, then I'd start bringing in the other instruments. And yesterday, I started from scratch by just, I just turned everything on, I zeroed everything out, and I just pressed play, and then just started making minor adjustments here and there. Um, Eventually, it turned into major adjustments, mm -hmm. deleting tracks altogether, yeah. or just muting them, you know, taking parts in, taking parts out, and by the time I was done, my my mix that had no processing, no EQ, no plugins, nothing, just, it was just flat tracks. Now, there's probably 50 plugins, just, I mean, but yeah. most of them, yeah. most of them are, are not doing much, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll throw an EQ here, and I'll just... I'll just zero in on one frequency, make a slight little adjustment, and then it's there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I took a guitar track that was—it was a great track, nothing wrong with it, but it just there was something about the life of it that was gone, and I don't know where it went in the mix, but but you you I fixed you, it with you, the you captured it though when you were recording it. Oh, you yeah. thought you had. Oh yeah, it's and there. And then, it, then when the playback came, you lost what you thought you had. Yeah, the the presence wasn't cutting through the rest of the stuff. Right. And the way I brought it back was unexpected. I used a little bit of a reverb. It was a, I think it was a one. It was a plugin called. It was Blue Verb, I think. That's what it was. Blue and, Verb. Yeah. Just and just a little touch of that, it just. Brightened up the guitar. Mm -hmm. I rolled off uh, some of the high frequencies, boosted a couple other in the, the reverb. It's a really cool plug-in. Cool, yeah. And it was just just a tiny bit of that was all it needed to make bring the guitar back to life. Mm -hmm. Just teeny, teeny, tiny little adjustments. But like 50 of them are now mm -hmm. active on that mix that had none when I started. Are you able to hold off from mixing it from the get-go, as soon as you lay down a track, say you put down a drum track and a guitar track, are you thinking about consciously mixing it at that point? At, from the very beginning. I'm always thinking about the final mix the minute I start laying that first track. Mm -hmm. And that's that's probably why my approach doesn't just settle in. Uh -huh. You know, I don't settle on one final approach. And actually, uh, the tune that I'm talking about where I, I've just flattened everything out, got rid of all the plugins, and started from scratch. The reason I did that is because that project had been going on for, or that that recording, that DAW project, was started about three and a half, four years ago. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm me, only chuckling because I oh, know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. And it's about. been picked at for, you know, since then, you know, little bits here and there. So that's when I was mixing it, I'm like, Okay, this thing is just—it's gotten out of control because um, the guitars change, the amps change, how I mic changes. You know, the mm -hmm. sound quality gets better over the years, and you can hear it on the tracks, even though the right. takes are good. Right. It's like, gosh, do I really want to redo that take because I know I can get a better tone now? 
And in some cases, I said yes, because I knew mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be able to... I wouldn't lose the feel right. by re-recording it, you mm -hmm. know? And there was one one part that I didn't re-record because it was totally improvised. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to capture that again. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I learned it for live, I'm not going to get that one. That performance, right. Yeah, there's something about it that's just like, okay, you can't... You can't replicate that. You just you preserve it and mm -hmm. be happy. Yeah. And that's yeah. So I, I I zeroed that one out and started from scratch because it had gone through so many unconnected changes over the years. It's like okay, the only way this is going to sound right now is to just start with zero processing, zero EQ, just raw fresh tracks dragged into a fresh empty project, mm -hmm. and then and. It was definitely a good decision. Yeah. So for me, and I'm adverse to this because I've had so many people that I've worked with through the years would do a session, they just did a vocal track, we've got like maybe a guitar and a, a, a drum set, keyboard if we're lucky, yeah. bass, just a, the simplest foundation. And immediately it's like, oh no, I, vocals are not loud enough and I need more reverb. And it's like, dude, we just started here. This is, yeah. this is not the time to be mixing the song. Yeah. And, and I, it just irritates the hell out of me. I'm dead serious. It just bugs the crap out of me. I get tired of people, <clears throat> excuse me, just jumping the gun. It's like, hold, oh, yeah. yeah, hold on, honcho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, the, yeah. The hardest thing to do is for people that don't live this That's part right. of it. You know, people come in to record, write songs, or whatever. Um, they might be in the studio with you for a couple hours, mm -hmm. um, but after that, they they don't understand. They, they might know, but they don't really get. They don't understand that, the process. You know, um, about twenty hours of work from now. It'll sound what you what you think you're hearing in your head. That's yeah. we'll, we'll get that, but it's going to take about 20 hours of work to get there. Exactly, it's right. not that fast. But that's right. what I mean. I don't. When I record now, I'm I'm thinking about the mix, and I'm tracking according to what I hear as a finished product in my head. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a a certain bass tone that I hear in my head for this song, I'm going to try to capture that. I'm not going to mix it in, but I'm going to try to capture what I feel I'm going to make the best use of in the mix. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's that's how I do everything now. So that is that is one habit I did develop. Is I I track it according to how I think I'm mm -hmm. going to place it in the mix. Mm -hmm. And if I know, okay, I'm I've got this this little uh you know, light Twinkle Stars piano thing going. And Is I that wanna, a patch? Twinkle Stars? Oh yeah, Twinkle Stars piano. <laughs> but let's say I just I just want it kind of floating in the background. I got it right next to my Tinkle Bell patch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll record it knowing that I'm going to spread it out through a, a reverb and have it just floating out there and not and be indistinct but just a, you know almost like a chime effect so I'll, I'll record it specifically to suit that purpose mm -hmm. yeah. if that's what I have in my head if my vision's wrong and then the track doesn't work for anything tough shit yeah. just, it, that's the beauty of digital <laughs> you can keep it throw it away whatever but you don't have to chop up tape you don't have to just 
Kind of like kind of like digital pictures. Take as many as you want. Keep what you want. Throw away the rest. Right. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. It's, a, it's a blast. So, uh, as I was saying, it, I've, I've had folks coming through the door, and you know, we'll, we'll be what the, what they don't see is that they 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 don't see the process. We'll be in transition, moving from the. Uh, it's okay. Don't worry about that. The. the uh, We'll be in transmission, uh, excuse me, transmission, transition, excuse me, <laughs> transmitting the transit. It's not a car show. Yeah, it's not a car show. And moving from one recorded session to another, and then it, at the end of the end of that session, it'll be listened to a playback. And the, the the biggest comment is is that is that people start mixing right away, and I'm just like going, dude. You gotta, you gotta let this thing be, become a whole. Uh, there's got to be a wholeness to the project before we start getting oh, yeah. particular. Yeah. Because I've learned the hard way, if I start mixing really early in the process, I'm just going to change it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, for me, there's so much subjectivity in the moment. What I think sounds good today. Is tomorrow could very well just sound like garbage. Oh yeah, and most of the time, what I find is if if I go back to it a couple of days later and it does sound like garbage, yeah, I can well, almost happens a lot. almost every <laughs> single time I can go right back to where I started to ruin it. Right, you know. Right, but at least the tra the tracking is fine. But yeah, if if you find yourself just like okay, well. I know this is going to work in the mix like this, so you make a couple adjustments, and then you add more tracks, and it's like you, you got to have all your tracks there when you're mixing. If you're if you don't have all your tracks recorded yet, right, you got nothing to mix, right? Because I mean, you could have the perfect mix, and then uh, add, well, another, add an another voice. It's garbage. Perfect yeah, example. Goes perfect away. example. Um, we uh, we had Joe Doria play Hammond, Hammond organ yeah. on. Uh, Love, Love is hard. hard, right? Right. But that song was basically done. But it was just like, hey, you know what? God, that might sound great. Right. You know. So we did it, and the tracks were great. The playing was great. The recording was just yeah. flawless. It's just like, wow, these are great. It didn't fit. It didn't work in the mix. Right. You know, it was fun doing it. Right. But it was just. It was an afterthought. It was it, a great it was idea. A, it was but a it's, total afterthought. It, it just. It didn't help the song. Right. It was fun to throw it in there and go. All right. There's a wicked Hammond right. solo in there, but it just. It, it detracted from the feel of the song. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like you got to that section and just kind of lost it. So I'm like, okay, I took it out. Right. I got to hear it. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. You know. It but, was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, especially watching somebody like that work. This is just incredible. Yeah, but that's a that's an example of not everything is going to work in the mix. You have to know what to leave out. I've got the tracks, the essential tracks that I need. So we'll guess, you know, rhythm sections in, maybe you got the strings there, a little bit of piano, blah, 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 some percussion. Mm -hmm. And now we've got the vocal tracks down, drums are there, bassists are there, guitars are there. Where I start with a mix, and, I, and I, this process will happen a lot in the course of mixing the song, is that I will start 
with I will start mixing the song with only the kick drum and the lead vocals and that's it the melody and so my philosophy is if I can if I can build a solid foundation and get those the kick drum and the vocals to sit yeah. right there then everything else you just kind of fold into it yeah, right exactly and so so I'll start with kick and vocals get the EQ correct compression correct on the the, the vocal mix We're not even hitting reverb yet at all yeah that's I, just, I, I always say the reverb for absolute dead last if at all right right just dead just dead last yeah yeah because sometimes you don't need it yeah even though I'm I'm a I'm a reverb slut, you oh, know. <laughs> yeah. If it's a special effect, um, yeah. I mean, well, I'll get I'll get to how I lay in le- reverb a, a, after. A, so, uh, kick drum. That's another vocals, whole topic. That's reverb. a whole another whole topic. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and then snare. Add in the hat. hat. Leave. I'm uh, leaving the toms out. Usually we'll have overheads. I want to mix the overheads almost immediately into the mix because uh, the overheads, I think, be the, the kick, dr- kick drum and the overheads are the foundation of, of a drum mix. Yeah. And then everything else is icing on the cake. So then I'll bring in the bass. So drums, vocals, bass. Get that to set fold in the rhythm section, the guitars, whatever, and that then we've got something to work with. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 pretty close to the same approach right. that I usually right. use with right. just drums, bass, and vocals. Yeah. Just and leave all before, the melodic instruments out. And before I add any EQ at all, and I have a definite, definite plan with EQ on pretty much every single track that I utilize, but compression goes on first. Oh, yeah. I've, I've just I've compressed yeah. what I need to absolutely first, and um, and then from there, EQ reverb. But uh, yeah. a, a, but you know, a, in the course of a song, I will do that process many times. It's just like I get frustrated. I'm not happy with it, and I just start oh, over. Start yeah. Start over. That's one one thing I I try not to do, unless it's a really complex mix like the one I'm going to play for you later. Yeah. Um, where it just like it, I try to to get the the final mix in like one session, it's just one sitting, mm-hmm. you know. Because I don't, if, if unless I can get to a breaking point where I can, I'm like I'm happy with where I'm at. And it's like I gotta go to bed or work or whatever, but I gotta quit <laughs> now. It's like, but I'm not done with the mix. Right. If I don't feel like I'm on the right track, I won't even save it. You know. Right. I'll just I'll just. Shut the program down, you know. I've, I, I do, I save from time to time, you know, just to protect what I've done if I like where I'm going with it. Right. But oh, you, you save. I save as, oh. as soon as I, I have. I save yeah. always. Just to, okay. Time to save. Time to save. Yeah. Time to save. And then I have automatic backups. Yeah. Like every five minutes, Pro Tools saves. Oh, and you know what I started doing a few years ago. Um, like today, if I open up a song that I was working on yesterday, um, yesterday's song is dated. Exactly. You know, you know new song seven seventeen twenty. Right. right? So yeah. today's the eighteenth. Right. If I open that up today, because uh, I plan to work on it, I'm gonna first thing save as. Right. Today's date. I'm gonna put today's date. I'm gonna mark it as this version. 
if I totally blow it, you go right no back. big deal. Yeah. I, I know where I left off before I screwed it up. Exactly. You know what I mean? I saved something I was happy with. I can always go back to that. Right. Without doing the full reset. Right. Generally, though, I find I, I often, I'll open up those resets if it's been too long that I'm not really in tune with where I was mm -hmm. going with this at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I might hear something just like, what the hell was I thinking? I'm not even going to try to decipher what I was thinking. I'm just going to start over. <laughs> because you, every time right. you start over, it it changes. It does. You never get the same song no. both no. times. And a lot of people don't, they don't understand how a mix can totally change the, right. just the mood or the feel of a song. Well, with clients that I've worked with, and I don't really work with clients anymore because I, I just want my studio to be used as a collaboration with other people and that's all i'm really interested in. yeah. i'm not i'm not trying to develop a client base with this thing i'm just trying to hone my craft the best that i'm able and work with competent people that i can collaborate with that's that's the yeah. main thing and that's yeah that's pretty much what i'm doing now too but uh let's see if i can remember my train of thought so uh, that's what it is so People don't understand the process. They're here for... Oh, there's Otis. Otis is saying hi. Otis wants to be on the podcast. Whoops. He's taking off now. <laughs> Did you just throw something at him? No. Um, no he's, he just ducked and got out of here. So um, people don't understand the process. They show up here. They do the recording. They hear an end result. And then... And then Otis is going to... Otis has got a lot to say. Good night, buddy. Yeah. What do you do for yeah. a mix, Otis? <laughs> I'm gonna just let him sit. He's, he likes meow mix. Yeah, he he just likes he just wants attention. He doesn't like the fact that we're in here discussing something without him. Well, I guess yeah. he's gonna take off now. That's good. <laughs> so um, when folks show up, they they participate in the process at just at the studio. They're here for three four hours and then they're gone. And then next week or whenever they come back, they come back and there's something there that I actually worked on that I spent hours working on right. and they don't see it. They oh, just, yeah. oh, oh, you know, that's, that's well, that's not the way it was last time. And it's like, well, of course it's not it's, the it's, way it was last time. It's better than the way it was last it, time. Yeah, well, that's, well, I, I think it is. Yeah. You know. In theory, it should be at that point. Right, right, right. So, but but yeah. there's been there's been times where, like after a session, you know, I mean, whoever's involved, if it's if it's complete enough to like just slap out a quick rough mix, just so that you right. know we can play back, listen to our parts, and I'm I'm more usually when I do that, it's more about the performance, not the mix. Right. It's just like okay, let's just get everything. But every now and then, I've come pretty close to the final mix by doing that mm -hmm. because. I, when I'm tracking, and this is this is brings back the other point of tracking with the mix in mind, mm -hmm. um, and then when you do that quick rough mix, there's been a few times where you just nail it. That was like yeah, almost perfect, and just a few little adjustments had to be made to to call it a final mix. Right, and right. you know, so you, you can't discount that, and that's why I save every session as its own thing. You right. Know? And if you set up your DAW right, you're not duplicating, you know, I mean, if I've got a hundred megs of, you know, audio tracks on one tune, I don't want to copy them every single time I do a save. I'm just saving the project. It's accessing That's all the same raw files. Yeah. And it's a really easy setting in your DAW to miss 
Yeah. Um, and accidentally just double up and triple up and quadruple up on all the same tracks just by accident without knowing it. You know, right. I, I learned that lesson about 15 years ago when I just completely ran out of room and it's like, how can this be? Well, as, 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 as to the point of saving sessions, when I'm working with someone, one of my friends is, his concept is called peeling the onion. And so coming in, coming in here, working on a mix, there will there'll be like one and two dB adjustments and then bounce it to the desktop and listen back to the track on whatever uh, different audio advice, uh, device that we're listening to. But I save not only the, ch the change that I made on the editing process, but I also put, I have the date on there and the time that I did it. And so both the, the uh, recording session and the WAV file or MP3 has the exact same information on it. So, yeah. so when someone comes back and says, I want to change this mix, that I, I can say, hey, show me the date. Show me the mix that I gave you that you want to work on, and then I can go back and find that. Oh, and yeah. It's, yeah, I had. I learned how to do that the hard way, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of hit and miss before I finally got practical about that. And that's what happens to me... Uh, well, like uh, working on the Wicked Snakebite stuff, you know, me and Joey will be in the room working together, mm -hmm. you know, most of the time. But when I, sometimes I'll, I'll spend, you know, a day working on a song by myself, and I get things dialed in a little bit, and like what I say before, every time you do a mix, it comes back a different song. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, I mean, it it's the same song, but it's something different about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... Joey will come back and I'll say, hey, check out this mix. And he'll listen to it and it goes, God, it's pretty good, but uh, what'd you do to the guitar? And he says, uh, he says, God, the way the way the guitar was before, man, it was just perfect. It was just right. blah, blah, blah. He'll describe whatever he's missing. that's your opinion, Joey. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I can go, well, wait a minute. And I can listen back and go, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Because uh -huh. I was, maybe I was focusing on something completely different and I probably was paying attention to the vocals. Mm -hmm. And maybe inadvertently bury the guitar maybe I change something regardless I'll go back to the last time that he was there and I'll open up that file and play it back and go that's it he says that's how the guitar is we both love that sound I go oh shit you're right mm -hmm. I totally I totally ruined it and so I'll then I'll start I'll take that mix I'll just I'll just discard the one that we both vetoed now because he pointed out the error and I'll start from where he liked it and then I'll agree okay yeah that was pretty good and so now now I'm making adjustments around the guitar sound because right. we want to preserve that because that was like one of the highlights of the tune mm -hmm. so now we have now we've identified what the highlight is that we want to you know mm -hmm. just not lose right and that's your your inspiration is going to come from places and your direction is going to come from places you wouldn't expect either. So with that being said, um, what I find the, the, the time that I'm spending the most time on a mix is at the very end. And what I like to do is, look, because the, the studio's upstairs, I like to throw a mix onto my near fields 
turn it up as loud as I possibly can, and then go off and just start doing domestic chores. Oh, yeah. Full oh, yeah. clothes, dust, which doesn't happen a lot here. Yeah. Happens <laughs> occasionally. <Yeah. laughs> I, heard, I heard a rumor. <laughs> yeah, I heard a rumor. And so it's amazing when I'm distracted, I will hear things. I'll just be doing my little domestic chore, whatever, and then the next thing I go, oh, wait a minute, what was that? And then I'll run upstairs, back it up, and see if I can, now that I know that that is there, and usually it's a freaking audio artifact is what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, it gets buried when you're yeah, right in front that, of the that's speakers. Right. Yeah. That's right, or you're in another room and suddenly, of course the EQ is going to change, but whatever happened in the room ambience, whatever it changed, it's actually in the mix. And I come back and I go, oh, I hear that now, just because my environment changed two rooms over. Right. And I'll hear, I'll hear, hear things. I do that a lot, smack the hi-hat. Um, I'll hear things that I hadn't ever even heard before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and speaking of, you know, just changing environments, I also have several different audio sources that I listen to on playback. So when I'm looking to fix the mix, if you want to get down to get down absolutely basic, this little powered Oons Angle 3 speaker. Oh, yeah. Which, Bluetooth? Oh, it's a Bluetooth device. Yeah. I'm not, I, I hate this thing. I, I hate the sonic quality of this thing. But unfortunately, it has a whole different frequency response than my near field monitors. And what can sound great on the near fields would sound like crap on this. Oh, yeah. And so understanding that there's, there's a definite change in the responses, the audio response from these different devices is pretty critical to getting, getting that. Getting, oh, yeah. Getting the quotation mix. And then you have to, you have to, you have to put mastering out of sight, out of mind at that point. That's why and I have you. And that's, <laughs> no, and that's a habit I have to. I, I have use to get Adam into. for most of my mastering. He's so, great at it. So now when I'm when I'm tracking, I'm thinking of the mix. Yeah. Forget forget about the mastering. Just focus on just making a good song. Yeah. Let somebody else worry about the mastering. If the mastering engineer has a problem with the mix that he can't deal with, he'll tell you. Right. I think I, I think I did you once. I said, you did a, did a master for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only thing uh, I yeah. think I was having trouble taming the bass. Oh yeah. And then, but then you did another mix. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that was it. Right. You you dealt with that bass frequency that I couldn't because it was, I was ruining other aspects of the mix by dealing with the bass. Was that in the master? Was that two different worlds? Might have been two different worlds. I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. But didn't. I just remember, yeah, doing doing everything I could, and I couldn't do it transparently. So I just said, get, find out what it is. I I think I narrowed it down to, it was either the kick or the bass. I can't remember what. It was the bass. Yeah, but the frequency was just so uncontrollable. Yeah. And then yeah. you fixed it in the mix, and then it was 
Right. And it turned, it turned out great. No, it, it turned out it, it was a, it was an EQ problem. Yeah. And a volume problem, both of those simultaneously. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was. I and that's an, it, that's and that's one of the easiest things to miss. Oh yeah. In in a mix. Yeah. You know, you can you can your ears get tired and those frequencies they just blow past you half the time anyway. You know, I have friends that actually think that, well, I mean, I'm just kind of blown around here, but as long as we're talking about bass in a mix, uh, one of my friends, his entire concept is that the kick drum should hold the lowest frequencies in a mix. And that's just the way he approaches it. It isn't, you know, a lot of it's stylistic, man. If you're doing like old school R&B and funk, man, the bass has got bass is, the bass is carrying carrying that's low, low, yeah, low, it's yeah. holding down. The some, kick, yeah, the kick drum's dry and and not that low. Yeah, and it's more of a slap. It's than more a, of a slap. Than that's a right. Boom. So, yeah. but I mean, that's his concept. That's the way he approaches it. Yeah. It, uh, personally, yeah, that's why there's you know hundreds of different styles of music right. to begin with. Right. That's exactly right. That's and that's exactly why right. there's hundreds of different great styles of music. Oh and yeah. Mixes and, right. Right. I mean, listen to something like, uh, listen to like some of the Tom Petty, like uh, Breakdown. Yeah. Listen to that. There's nothing there. Oh, but it's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's it's right. Just, that, that song comes out just fat and beefy, and there's right. nothing there. Well, and that's, that's, and that's part of having good components at the beginning of the recording process. That is actually one of the songs that actually got me to oh, really? thinking, how the fuck do they do that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I started right. getting into engineering with a purpose. Right. Because you know? it's like, okay, you got these three <laughs> or four simple tracks. Why does it sound so good? And right. Then, and then, you know, you throw something like an Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and you got this, boom, this huge wall of sound. And, right. You know, it's like, sounds like they're playing in a stadium, and it's just as good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, two totally different styles of mixes, both beautifully done yeah well what got me really concerned about mixing and my because I'm a drummer and my take on it is different than yours is that I've invested heavily into digital electronics thinking that was the cure-all god if I just spend six thousand dollars on my digital drums that's gonna fix everything yeah. and then when it came down to mix time and because there's two components in pop drumming that I really think is super important, it, it, the, the voice of the drummer is the snare drum and the hi-hat. And, and this kick drum is superfluous. I, I suppose if I was a double kick drummer, you know, one of those monster guys, it would be totally different. But the, the feeling of the music... Of the of the of the generation of my feeling is done basically off the snare drum, and the hi hat. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? The digital drums were really weak at. Hmm. Yeah, hi hat and hi hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cymbals not too bad. Toms usually great. Yeah. Kick drums okay. You know, passable. But the snare and the hi hat, and I would just. I would just sit for hours and hours and hours and hours. How am I going to get this? How am I going to get this right? You know, and 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 the 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 answer, the solution was an SM57, a really nice set of hi hats and a good snare drum, and a 57 
and and maybe a beta 58 on the hi-hat but uh it just it's all you need yeah. yeah oh and then and then it came down to preamps too i mean all that stuff comes out but if you start with if you start with mediocre components it's going to be really hard to make that thing sound right at the end yeah especially if that mediocre component is you know highlighted throughout the entire song though that's exactly right yeah and, and the the big dogs man they've got arsenals of preamps and microphones and top-of-the-line hardware uh, uh, processors, all of that stuff, man. And that's that's what cool. we have to com the, compete with. Yeah, and the hundreds of hours of just real-time right. practice. That's right. When you're Where in the studio they, 12, 14 hours a day, you yeah. learn real fast. Oh, the guys that live it, they just, yeah. you know, they'll mic a drum kit without even thinking, you know. They right. be, they'll be talking about their last fishing trip while they're micing the kit. Yeah. And it's going to come out perfect. Yeah. You know, for me, it takes a couple hours to get the drums up and ready for a yeah for recording. But that's that's the fun of it. It's just right. learning. I mean, the more you do it, the better you get. Uh, the better the songs get. Um, you can even take a song that you thought wasn't so good, try mixing it a little differently. You'd be amazed at what you come up with. Right, you're right. You know, you're right. Cut about out that. some parts if there's a song that you're mixing and you just you decide. You know, God, this is just a garbage tune I don't like it well if you know maybe you put a, a ukulele part in there that's you know maybe that's ruining the whole thing cut right. that part out you know start taking parts out of the song and you'd be surprised yeah that, I mean and you might even get some ideas on like oh I cut out these three instruments god it's like now it's like a blank canvas no oh you know what I'll throw this instrument now and voila, you've got a completely different song. You've eliminated three other instruments. You introduced a new no one, and now you, now you love it. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, there, there's a million ways to approach a mix, and I'm probably about, I'm into a, probably a couple hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Adam, thanks for coming out by today. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah, it was great. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you got something out of it. Uh, it's Brian from Back and Cheese. Adam and winstudiomusic.com. Yeah. We, uh, we, Dr. Jones, we bid you adieu. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you found some useful and interesting stuff. Hey, Bruno, any last words? I'll be back. Yep. Yep.